Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program known as Smoking and Toasting. It's the radio show and podcast that is all about crappier fine spirits and hand rolled cigars as we sanitize our hands. Hand sanitizer. Yes, yeah, that's right. And, you know, that's uh, uh, a lot of times uh, now this hand sanitizer that you're using has been made by your favorite micro distillery. So that's uh, also good to know. Welcome to the show. It's show number 187, and we are back in the studio. We have achieved. Appropriate social distancing. So Ian's way over there. I'm way over here, and Adam's way back there behind the board. So we're, you know, uh, we're following social distancing rules, and um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just we're, glad to be back. I'm glad to be back in the studio. We're at least six feet apart, maybe even a couple toes. I think that's probably uh, right. beyond yep. that. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably right. So we're back in the studio today. We have a, a lot of cool things to do, and I'm very excited. Don't forget to start that bad boy up there, Adam. Um, uh, we have a lot of cool things to do. It's going to be so. I really miss being able to see you every weekend. It was fun to be able to do the show via Skype and yep. sit out on my balcony and have a cigar during the show because obviously we can't smoke here in the uh, in the studio. But uh, but I, I really missed being able to see your reaction to the same things that I was tasting, beer and, and spirits. And then sometimes you would you would like bring a beer or spirit on that, that you wanted to taste and I'd be like, oh man, I wish I was right. having having me some of that right now. So it's it's just great to be able to be back and kind of do the show the way that we um, have have done it before. And I think we've got it worked out where we'll be able to have guests in subsequent weeks and still be able to achieve the appropriate social distancing. So uh, so really excited about that. We are going to be trying, and I noticed we, Mr. Twirly Gig isn't on. Can you turn him oh, on over there? My uh, fault. We are going to be trying today, among other things. Uh, Sammy Hagar's new tequila. And the reason I find this a little bit exciting, first of all, I'm kind of a Sammy fan. Now, I know you and I would probably get into, at the very least, an arm wrestling match over this because I'm guessing when it comes to Van Halen, you're David Lee Roth all the way, aren't you? Uh, I'm I'm much more David Lee Roth than I am Sammy Hagar. I did not like them uh, with Sammy Hagar. I didn't have uh, – I thought he actually – one of the cool things when, when, when he joined the band, he didn't try to be – uh, David Lee Roth. Right. He, he already had his own Which thing. Which I thought I was love great. the old Montrose stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. That stuff's yeah. awesome. It, it absolutely so, is. Uh, so, and then for him to take uh, backseat guitar-wise, Sammy Hagar does not suck on guitar. No, he does like, not. He's a killer he guitar not. player. Yes, that's right. And for him to literally just take the way back seat in that band. Of course, you got Eddie Van Halen on guitar. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm like you. I liked both iterations of uh, of Van Halen. I love the David Lee Roth stuff. I've just always been a Sammy fan. Yeah. So when Sammy Hagar came out with Cabo Wabo Tequila, mm-hmm. I was excited. Couldn't wait to get my hands on it. Got it. Loved it. It was my go to tequila for a very long time. And then Sammy sold uh, Cabo Wabo and made tons of money. Uh, he and which I guess he needs because he's a collector of like exotic sports cars. He's got like <laughs> he's got like thirty or forty, you right. know, Lamborghinis and crazy stuff, right? So anyway, he uh, he came out with a rum, which I tried and it wasn't bad. But now he and Guy Fieri, the one of the most like um, 
I don't know, uh, polarizing chefs, people. Yeah. yeah po- well, he's polarizing because people either love him or hate him. But apparently Sammy loves him, and they have done a tequila together, and it's called Santo. So we'll be trying that uh, today, and I'm, I'm actually very excited about it. So um, our program is brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, BB Lemon on Washington Ave, and the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston. And before we go any further, big thanks to our uh, special guest from last week, Paul Carroll uh, from Heights Cigar Lounge. We had some real internet difficulties last week, which messed up the Skype that we were trying to do uh, quite a bit. I know Paul kept freezing on my screen. Yeah, I had the same uh, issue on uh, my screen. And and it's unfortunate because Paul is such a polarizing character in his own way. Oh, and I just love him. He's so fun. Yeah, he is. He is not short on opinions, right? And I love and, that. Yeah, and he's he's a lot of fun uh, to hang out with. I've gone by uh, Height Cigar Shop a couple times, and yeah, I had a chance to sit down with him after, um, you know, after we did our Honduras trip. I went in there, oh, uh, like six months afterwards, and sat down, and just just had the morning with him and chatted right. with him and yeah. stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's so. he's a lot of fun. Yeah. just just to hang out with, and uh, so we had him on. He gave us a really good uh, perspective about um, how cigar shops. And cigar lounges are yeah. dealing with, um, you know, this recovery phase that we're that we hope we're in now uh, from uh, from the COVID thing. I know the death toll is still rising and all that stuff, but I think we're all just hoping against hope that we're beginning recovery here, so yeah. that we can get our lives back to some semblance of a normal. In any case, the internet issues made the show frustrating, and so so that was that was kind of the final straw. It's like, okay, we got to figure out how to get back in the studio right. so we can uh, make the quality level of the show a little better. So here we are, socially distanced and in the studio and uh, and feeling good about it. On the program today, we will be uh, tasting some beers, and I'm excited, Ian, to be able to do these tastings together again. Yes. Because you and I were tasting different things when we were uh, on Skype over the last several weeks. We didn't We didn't taste uh, uh, different malt liquors, though. We tasted no. the same malt liquors. <laughs> uh, I st- st- to this day, I sometimes get that sense of that flavor in my mouth. You know what will take that flavor out of your mouth? Malort. Uh, I'm sure it will. It, <laughs> at, by the end of that show, I think I would have welcomed Malort. I, Just that's, about, right? that's how bad it was. But uh, in any case, we're going to be tasting some things that should be better than the malt liquor today. Uh, from Clackamas, Oregon, uh, Little Beast Brewing will be tasting their lager. Uh, and uh, it's certainly an interesting can. We'll show that to you in a bit. Uh, Nola Brewing out of New Orleans, Louisiana, has an IPA, a hazy called We Are Liquid, that we'll be tasting on the show. And then Gigantic Brewing out of Portland. We'll be tasting their massive 2019 bourbon barrel aged barley wine. I'm so, all about that. So I can't wait. I saw that, that on the show notes, and yep. like I've been slavering ever since. <laughs> all like, of that plus the tequila. So, how was your week, man? Uh, how has your rhythm changed? So my rhythm. Well, did? so here's the thing. I uh, I play guitar and I teach guitar mm-hmm. and I build guitar. So I've been doing more building. Right. That's been a good thing. I've been in my uh, workshop and it's it's much cleaner than it has been in in the past. Have you um, been uh, teaching on Zoom? I have been teaching on Zoom, and that works. That works for people who have some experience. Okay. Right. That that won't work for a first time lesson, but it sure works for people who have experience, and I've had some pretty good luck with that. Good. Now, my teaching, of course, uh, is at a school, so the end of the school year has happened. So right now, I'm just kind of off. Okay. And uh, so that's okay too, because I don't mind a little time off. I got to catch up with my yard and stuff like that. Um. But I, I've been enjoying it. I've been riding my mountain bike a whole bunch more. Um, that's been making me pretty happy. Uh, let's see. Other than that, 
uh, catching up on the phone with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, phones and <laughs> FaceTime and all um, that. The downside is my humidor has been decimated. You mean you've I just mean, been smoking through everything? There is huh? nothing left. I have. Oh. I was telling. Uh, I, was, I told you earlier. I think the cheapest cigar I have left in my humidor right now is an Andalusian Bowl, and that's like an eighteen dollars cigar, which. You might think, oh, that's not the worst problem to have, except for every time I smoke a cigar now, it costs me eighteen dollars right. or more. It's like, right. yeah, that, and I don't a, have many of those that, left. That's a you good know? point. Well, if you could bring me a cigar, just bring me the cheapest one you have. That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So I, I have, I actually have to, uh, I have to re up my humidor. I have to get some lawnmowers in there and some other stuff to. To, to fill it out. So Well, I'm wondering, you must have smoked something interesting this week. Then, I did. You, I uh, did. I actually, uh, I took a little chance, and I went by um, uh, Casa de Monte Cristo this morning just to see how mm-hmm. how things were going over there. Steve is so nice over there. like he um, And he's all about keeping everything super clean and keeping that place and running. Keeping it safe, yeah. Like, he is, he is gloves on and wiping things down constantly. They have hand sanitizer everywhere, so when you're walking into the humidor, you know, you don't feel like... you don't want somebody touching your cigars if they're right, hand Yeah, certainly not, and especially ones that don't have a cellophane wrap and stuff right. like that. So, I, so I, I got a real warm fuzzy when I went in there because I felt like he's really, really taking care of it. All the chairs and tables and ashtrays and everything that you would touch is completely wiped down, and he's doing That's a great, great job. So much shout-out to him. So anyway, the bottom line is I went over there, and uh, I had a little conversation with him, seeing what was new, and I saw a Rocky Patel LB1. Have mm. you seen this? I have read about the LB1, the but LB1. I have not, haven't had one, I haven't had, smoked one. I hadn't seen it before, and so <coughs> for me, I said, hey, that's new. I'll buy that. Uh, I picked up an LB1 Corona. This was about $10. Um Maybe nine and some change, ten dollars. I think it's right, right in there. Uh, I should have, uh, I should be a little more specific about that. But uh, this is a Ecuador, uh, Ecuadorian Habano uh, wrapper, Nicaraguan mm-hmm. binder, Nicaraguan Honduran filler, uh, medium brown with kind of a reddish hue to it. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice looking cigar. Very smooth, firm, solid construction feel. You know, sometimes you pick up a cigar and you're like, that feels like it was right. It made, uh-huh. made awesome. Well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the pre-light sniff on this was really, really weird and surprising. Um, it smelled like like sweet, very sweet. Really? And like cookie dough and creamy with a little fermented hay and citrus. Like a very strange smelling cigar if you put it in, you know, in the realm of cigars. Cigar terms, because, yeah. Because that's weird for me. Uh, like I expect a cigar to smell more, you know. Cigar like, <laughs> right? You're expecting more of that tobacco ish, right? And it right. has a little bit of that tobacco y kind of smell, but it had all these things laying over top, which made it incredibly interesting to go, huh? What's going to happen now? So, the uh, the the pre light draw on this, I used a clip, uh, had a very gentle draw on it, it was really nice. Um, uh, and this is a Corona, so it was six by 44, I think. Mm-hmm. Six by 40, yeah, six by 44 seems about right. Um, uh, the pre-light draw on this, creamy, buttery, little touch of coffee in there maybe, uh, slightly spicy and tangy, left a little tanginess on the lips. I kind of like that. It, it was really, really interesting. So I lit it up. That tangy sweet, like you expect a lot of times a cigar that's going to smell real sweet and tangy and stuff like that is not going to light that way. But this one really had that tangy sweetness right off the light with a little pepper in the background. Toast, a touch of cappuccino, and still that citrusy thing was nice. going on. Yeah, it was nice. very strange. Like, I don't usually get that much citrus. I've had it in a cigar, but not that much. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. Um, 
the first third of the cigar, sweet, creamy cookie dough. I mean, it really just, it was so sweet. It was so um, almost decadent. Kind of but you're saying sweet in a good way because yeah, sometimes yeah. when I sweet think of sweet like with tobacco, sweet. it's not, not like, it's not a not like a pipe uh, Cavendish sweet, right. but just sweet. Uh, the smoke itself is very much uh, sweetness on there. Uh, the um, the uh, in the first third sweet creamy cookie dough toast a little uh, that citrus light pepper and cedar notes on the finish. Solid ash, perfect burn uh, right down to there. I, I didn't even tip the ash till I got the second third of the cigar. Wow. Uh, the smoke on this cigar is really full and silky, and 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 really lends itself to uh, to having fun making smoke rings. Oh, nice! <laughs> Which you know I I tend to do because it's that's just fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, cedar and toast pick up some very long smoking cigar. This thing smoked for well over an hour. Nice. Um, I would say an hour and fifteen, maybe an hour and twenty uh, total smoke time on this cigar, which is wonderful because if you if you've got the time, that's a great way to do it. Um, Let's see the uh, the started out medium strength. It seemed to be ramping up a little bit to almost full. Had a solid ash, great burn. The last third of this, uh, the flavors did kind of a full three sixty, where it had the uh, cedar on the back and citrusy flavors on the back. They moved right up front, um, and and this was a very cedar forward cigar for the last third, which is which was a nice change from what it was doing before. Mm-hmm. The sweetness backed down a little bit, still had some of it, especially in the uh, in the aftertaste on it, but it moved a little bit to the back. I would say this is a medium plus strength cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, the flavors in this, the way they the way they developed, made this cigar kind of a fun ride. I thought at first, especially the first two, the first third of this, I thought was going to be a little bit one dimensional with that sweetness, which would have wouldn't have been bad. Right. But it was really nice. Um, so uh, you know, it came through as a medium plus on the end. The the, the flavor ride was a lot of fun. The um, it had a solid ash, perfect burn all the way through. Price to quality, I'm going to give this a five. Um, uh, absolutely worth every penny, but it is a ten dollars cigar. I was going to say, how much was it? Ten dollars. Yeah, it is a ten dollars cigar. The flavors didn't knock me out, but it was really interesting and fun. So, if you want to try, if you're a cigar smoker, who goes, hey, I want to try something with a little more punch to it. Mm-hmm. This is a great way to go because the sweetness kind of counteracts that punch a little bit. Right. So it is definitely a fuller flavor, but because of that sweetness, counteracts the punch a little bit. I think uh, a solid five on it. You're going to get every bit that uh, every bit that you paid for, and Listen, Rocky Patel does it again. Great cigar. If a ten dollars cigar is worth ten bucks, that's that's yeah, a, that's, that's something. A big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, definitely absolutely. something. So uh, absolutely. How about you? Uh, I had uh, an interesting cigar. I don't think I've talked about this cigar on the show before. I know it's been a long time since I've. Smoked one of these. Um, but I had one of the Alec Bradley uh, Tempests. It was the Magistri. Uh, so it's a, uh, a little bit of a box press, uh, longer cigar, a beautiful dark brown color uh, for the tobacco. It had a, a gorgeous band. I mean, you know how some, some cigar companies go for a really simple band? Right. Some go for something more complicated and they miss in this case, they went for something more complicated, and they totally and they knocked it, it out of the park. Yeah, uh, it's just an absolutely beautiful. Uh, then the picture really doesn't even do the band uh, justice. But uh, anyway, a gorgeous cigar had a wonderful pre-light scent. It was made in Honduras uh, using a Honduran wrapper and a mix of Honduran and Nicaraguan uh, fillers. Uh, there were notes of cedar and earth on the sniff before I even lit it. Um, I did use a punch. 
uh, lit it up, and the cigar rewarded me with this nice, peppery, almost Nicaraguan-style uh, debut. You know, just like, boom, here came the pepper. But the earthiness of the Honduran tobacco smoothed that out almost immediately. Now, I don't mind the pepper. I, I kind of like that in cigars, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want it to be the only note. And this was a one of those great cases of here came the pepper, but there was this creamy um, earthiness to the Honduran tobacco, I think, that just smoothed it out. It balanced it, and it made it really complex and interesting. More and more as it smoked, as a matter of fact. Um, these earthy undertones were blending with, you know, woodiness and a, a definite flavor of toasted nuts. You know that you know that smell that that peanuts have when they're roasted? Oh yeah. Yeah. That that kind of a of a, a nuttiness to nice. it. Nice. Um, the pepper notes were on the finish, but the whole thing was this really wonderful smooth blending of flavors. You just got the impression that Wow, when they blended this one, they really got what they were looking for. They really did it right. Uh, there was a little bit of sweetness on the palate on this one, but and that was you got a little more of that actually on the retro hail. Um, but uh, th- that made this a little bit different from a lot of the Nicaraguan uh, smokes that I have that don't really have a, a sweetness to them. This one had just a touch of it, but it was just one of the things about it. Huh. Uh, so these were all these were all kind of blending together. Uh, burn was a little bit uneven, but it it corrected itself. Uh, there wasn't any need for a relight. Uh, overall, I thought the construction were very good. Was very good. Thing about this cigar is the flavors were really big. The strength was kind of medium, maybe medium full, but the flavors were so big. It was one of those one of those times where you really could tell the difference between. The flavor of a cigar and the and strength, the strength. Of the cigar. yeah, and they yeah. are distinctly two yep. different things. They are, but sometimes they're closer together yeah. in your kind of in your palate and in your in what you're understanding. Anyway, very very uh, pleasant smoking experience. Wonderful change of pace for me uh, because I have a tendency to smoke a lot of the you know the AJs and the Rockies and some things that have kind of a certain. Uh, sort of flavor to them, and this was a bit of a departure from that. And I really, uh, really enjoyed it. It's about a $10 cigar, worth every penny. In fact, I, I'm going to tell you, I would put this cigar up there with a Padron Anniversario. Wow. Which is much more expensive yeah. than $10. So uh, with that in mind, uh, price to quality, I'll say highly recommended. I'll give it a 6.5. Nice. Uh, nice. At a $10 stick. Now, if this were a $15 stick, Okay, maybe a five. Right. You know what I mean. So, so, but the fact that it, you know, it it moved into that super premium price category, but not by much. For those know? of you just listening uh, that that aren't familiar with the show, the price to quality is a one to ten scale. Five is you get exactly what you paid for. If mm-hmm. you go below five, that's not as good a score. You get right. a little less than what you're paying for, and you go above. Then you're getting, uh, then you're getting more than you paid for. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, so we got a lot to a lot to taste, and I'm anxious to get started on that. It's going to be fun doing this uh, back together again. Plus, there's some very interesting uh, stories that we haven't caught you up on, uh, including that some cigar factories are reopening. We got to talk about the Michael Jordan uh, documentary series uh, because he's sitting there with a cigar, and like every single uh, uh, shot the camera right. takes of him uh, when they're talking. And we also uh, want to talk to you. We we didn't do this last week. We titled the show this, and then we never did it because of all the issues we were having with last week. So we've got um, we've got some ways 
to tell you about what the most popular styles and flavors are in craft beer, according to a new uh, a new survey. So lots of cool stuff to talk about. So let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, and and talk about that and do our first tasting with a little uh, little beast brewing lager in the next segment. So you're uh, checking out smoking and toasting. Thank you. We're glad to be back. Sounds in the delicious. Awesome. So we can make our. Back, ladies and gentlemen, it is smoking and toasting. Nice to be back in the studio where we're actually hearing the uh, the segment music in our headphones because I, you know, that's that's a band from here. The show is based in Houston, Texas. We were heard all over the world, but based in Houston, mm-hmm. Texas, and that is that band is the Suffers, and they are so proud to be from Houston, Texas, that everywhere they go, they say they and they, they do this from the stage every time. They, we want the audience to remember two things about us: the name of the band is the Suffers. And we're from Houston, Texas. They are such a great band live. They too, are, you know? man. Those guys are. You just... treated uh, you treated me and my wife to go see them at the uh, um, was it House Woodlands of Blues? Pavilion. Oh, it was Woodlands Pavilion. Yes, that's uh, right. With the uh, with the symphony, an yeah. absolutely stellar show. Well, absolutely amazing. It's, it's a band. I love bands that have a lot of members to them because they've you know they've got horns, they've got percussion, they've yeah, got yeah. Uh, they've even got kind of like the. The Mighty Mighty Boston's have the one guy that's just a dancer, like he doesn't he doesn't do anything else. All the suffers do uh, do that, but their dancer is a background vocalist. But still, they're 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 just such a great band of musicians. They do such great things around the style. So here you go. There's a plug for the suffers. We love this band. Absolutely go check them band. out on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you use because they are they are totally totally worth uh, worth checking out. Speaking of music, Ian, you know that uh, a number of musicians and uh, and bands have have you know, started their own line of, you know, beers or, or uh, whiskeys or whatever. One of the um, most notable has been Metallica. Yep. Uh, they do the Blackened, mm-hmm. uh, and it's notable for two reasons. One is because the the initial um, the initial blend, uh, the flavor, was put together by the late Dave Pickrell, who we've yeah. had on the show, Whistlepig. As a matter of fact, when we had him on the show, he was in the blending process and was talking that's to right. us about it. That's right, was talking, that, yeah. to, and it came out uh, shortly after that. So that's one of the things about it that's, that's different or unusual. The other thing is that it's actually aged while being blasted by Metallica music through speakers in the uh, in the aging area, when <laughs> so it's they infused age it. with heavy it's metal, it's infused with Metallica. So uh, Metallica has released a new whiskey box set, which not only will include a bottle of whiskey, but it also includes vinyl of the music that that particular bottle aged to. So if it aged to Ride the Lightning, then uh, then you would get a vinyl of Ride the Lightning. Can you choose? Like, I don't want to buy the ones that were aged to load or reload. <laughs> I don't want to buy the one that aged to St. Anger. That's my <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my thing. See, I've blanked that one from my yeah, memory. Right. That doesn't even exist to you anymore, <laughs> does it? Uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting. So look for your Metallica uh, whiskey remastered uh, box set wherever finer you know, drinks and you know. And after we sold. tried that uh, blackened on the show, it was quite uh, good. It was quite good. Yeah, but it did make me go home and listen to uh, uh, to uh, Injustice for All. Oh, see, there all you the go. Through, which there is a go. great album. <laughs> well, Ian, take the logger off of Mister Twirly Gig and let's try this bad boy out. Little Beast Brewing Company. I like the um, I like the uh, label on here. This is mm-hmm. obviously uh, 
you know, they, they do this a lot with the cans where they just use a stick-on label right. for different runs that they do. So there's not a lot going on, but it is very cool and very simple looking for yep. the camera. It just has a picture of a... Uh, a lion a with lion a, a drink in his mouth. I can't I like see that. if I'm showing that to the camera properly because the things, but I will work on that later. All right. And I will say, oh, nice. While you're pouring that, I just wanted to mention that I've been reading that uh, you should expect to see more and more uh, beers being released in cans. And one of the reasons is because breweries and uh, the ones, especially that have their own brew pub, um, a lot of them wound up with extra beer left in the tanks, left in the cans when they had to close down their uh, tasting rooms and their uh, you know, their uh, ability to have people come and drink the kegged beer. So they had extra beer left over. And there are a number of these mobile canneries that brewers can have come and just do a and just kind of a rush a canning, job of canning right, their beer. So I think you're going to see more and more uh, uh, beer brands, even the ones that were in bottles, and I love you, those of you who still do bottles, uh, but even you, you're seeing some of those brands, and I've noticed this at uh, at the store now at Specs, that a lot of brands that are in bottles are now available in cans as well. And that's probably a result of them making sure they were using the beer while it was still fresh. So. Cans are better. Yeah, I know you think that. Cans are better. There's I'm a no bottle UV. Guy. I'm there's, sorry. There's I'm no UV guy. allowed in. There's a, the, the lining on there preserves the flavor. But right else. now, anything we can do to keep these breweries afloat, if the canning process is cheaper, I'm I'm all for it. So. Well, I, I you know I've been researching this while you were. Um, yeah, talk to me about this. Uh, talking about over this there, lager. And, um, I got to tell you, if they keep canning stuff like this. Uh, like I'm all for it. It's pretty delicious. Isn't this it? is really good. This is a very light, crispy beer, uh, but it, it has, has definite flavor, though. Oh, it, it has it, definite flavor right up there. As a matter of fact, especially on the retro hail, there's like a bread or pretzel kind of, yeah, uh, maybe a biscuit or something. It's kind almost of, like a, a, a hefeweizen, just minus the banana ish. That you might get off a of hefeweizen, but it's got some of that yeastiness that uh, uh, to the flavor that this that, is that a hefe would have, and it has it's it's hopped just enough mm-hmm. to give it that crisp finish, but not really taste super hoppy. So I'm yeah. I'm all for this. I'm this all about is, this. This is pretty delicious. I would drink this way too fast. As a matter of fact, I'm already just about out of my cup here. Uh, check on the can and let's see what the ABV is. Uh, I think it's fairly low. Um, is, oh, four point. What did I just saw? Four point eight percent. Four point eight. So that's one. yeah. I mean, that, that may be uh, fairly normal for a lager, but definitely you know compared to like an IPA it or says something else that's a bit crisp, less. clean, and fresh. Simple ingredients, masterfully balanced. I think they nailed it. Yeah. I think this is a this is an outstanding beer. If you're in a place where you can get Little Beast Brewing Lager, get it because mm-hmm. man, that is delicious. That's a, certainly it's available in Oregon and in any yeah. place where you can. Uh, have beers from Oregon that are uh, uh, retrievable for you. Yeah, this so. is this is a light, crispy treat right mm-hmm. here. It really is, and you know, summer's coming. I mean, it's already warm here in Texas, so starting to think about it's these only, lighter it's beers. It's only in the in the 90s ish right now, oh, so it hasn't gotten it's, real it's, warm. Oh, yet. it's going to get worse. Trust me, <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't gotten real but, warm yet. But you know, the concept of as much as you love a, a barley wine or or uh, you know, a, a big stout. Sometimes on a hot summer day, you're looking a little more for refreshment, and this is the type of thing that can. You know, uh, sometimes when I'm standing out on a beach yeah. on a hot summer day, and it's 100 plus, and the and the and the air is mm-hmm. blowing by you at 105 plus, yeah, and uh, and you're drinking a barley wine. 
That's okay. Well, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> it's much better to have a nice, light, yeah. crispy beer. I get that. Let's, yeah, there's but a time and a place. I live in an air-conditioned house, so I think barley wine is good all the time. Well, you're going to be happy because we're having a barley wine on the show today. So, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty happy yeah, about that. In fact, both the lager and the barley wine are from Oregon. The uh, Little Beast Brewery is in uh, Clackamas or Clackamas. It's C-L-A-C-K-A-M-A-S, so I think it's Clackamas, uh, Oregon. But I've I've never been there, so I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, no we'll no telling. To, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look that we'll up. We'll have to get someone uh, who speaks Brian, fluent maybe. Organese. Perhaps w- Wiki Brian can weigh in and, uh, and, <laughs> and let us know. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's those guys are from Oregon, and then the uh, the barley wine that we'll be tasting later is from Gigantic Brewing, which is out of Portland. Mm. So so looking forward to that. I think this is absolutely delicious. That's a it's, great start to the day. It's got a really wonderful sort of flavor on the finish that lets you know you're having a. Beer Beer, not a, a watery uh, lager, you know what I mean. Uh, and it's just uh, absolutely there's a little delicious. citrusy to the very finish of it too. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird because it's a it's a it's an unusual combination of a bready kind of finish and mm-hmm. a little citrusy kind of finish too. And I am liking it. it. Is, All yeah. right, let's awesome. take a, let's take a quick break and we will be back with more tasting. Up next, I'm really excited for you to taste this one, and I'm not going to try to pretend that I haven't tasted it already. Um, <laughs> it's from, no it's from Nola Brewing. It's the We Are Liquid IPA, and uh, I'm just I'm so anxious for you to taste this. In fact, I don't even remember. I may have done this on one of our Skype shows. I don't remember now. Uh, I don't remember that one. I don't but... think I have. I'll 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 show you the can here in a second. And you can tell me if you remember me holding it up in the can. But I, I don't think I did. In any case, uh, we'll do that in our next segment. Plus. Michael Jordan, and so many people have been watching the uh, Michael Jordan uh, series on ESPN, the uh, the Last Dance, which is about his last uh, uh, season in '98 with the Chicago Bulls, and about his whole career there. Um, not only does he appear like in almost every interview segment, and he's holding a cigar, has one sitting on the uh, table beside him, uh, but he also reveals in the show that he smoked a cigar before every Bulls home game. When he was with the Chicago Bulls. Oh, wow. He would smoke a cigar that day, like before he would drive in or on his way in or, or whatever. So It was a nice, like, gather your brain. Get, I guess get so. Yeah, ready. yeah, putting everything in. So so we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, do some more tasting, plus uh, favorite styles of craft beer and why. All coming up, it's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Toasting, and we are so glad to have you uh, enjoying the show with us. This is show number 100 and, wait, wait, I'll get it, 187. We are halfway to 200. Yes, we are. Now, Ian, I have no idea what's going to happen for show 200. We had, you know, plans to bring everybody together and do a big, you know, a big, you know, brawl. <laughs> kind of like a rugby scrum of uh, drinking. Um, and I, I just, I don't see that happening that now. That is with, one hell of a visual right yeah, there, my yeah. friend. But, you know, you're talking about Chris Hart and Jeremiah and some of the, uh, you know, some of the uh, brand ambassadors we've had on oh, here. Oh, man, yeah. And, you know, that Alan Denny guy always shows up and, Alan. you know. Uh, you know, it's like uh, it would be kind of like a rugby scrum of smoking and drinking. Yep. Um, but I don't 
I don't know how we do that in in this environment. So we're really going to have to uh, put our. It's going to be interesting to keep keep our uh, eyes out and see what the new normal is mm-hmm. now. That's you right. Know? That's right. So. Uh, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave uh, in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork and Fort Worth. They are open for in-restaurant dining with social uh, distancing uh, stuff in place. So go by and enjoy some of that bacon and, uh, and, and you know. Support these businesses, man. They they have yeah. all taken a huge hit. Don't uh, forget too, if you're uh, if you really want to be social distance, you could just go by there and buy the meat, yeah, and the Chef Tommy kit, and take it home and have amazing dinner at the house. Right, yeah, it's a very good thing to do. So we just tried this Little Beast Brewing Lager. Ian and I both were uh, extremely happy with this. Wine Enthusiast just released a list of ten of the best craft lagers. To stock your beer fridge, and I thought, you know, we don't pay a lot of attention to lagers because we're so often, you know, doing ales and and other styles. Um, I thought it might be interesting to look at this list, so I looked it's, at it. it. It's very interesting to me that, that this is the list today because I'll tell you, um, if you would have talked to me ten years ago about yeah. lagers, I'd have, I'd have just been completely dismissive, right? And then, um, and then, uh, sympathy for the lager sympathy came. Sympathy for out. the lager, the. And One that of was the greatest lager, beers Carbach ever made. Yes, that I could totally get behind. I drank. I tried to drink them out of that stuff. Yeah. Like I, I think you did. That because was it's my go-to. Yeah. Uh, and I absolutely love that beer because there was a lager, something that you could drink on the lighter side that had huge, wonderful flavor it was to big it. Big malt yeah, flavor too. Big yeah. malty flavor. Absolutely loved the uh, flavor profile on that beer. Um, uh, AB InBev came in, bought them out. And they stopped making it. Yeah, uh, I'm so we we should go over there. We should do. You know how people are processing places that like make you wear a face mask to come in or whatever. We should go over there and hold signs to say bring bring back, back sympathy. sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so good. It was one of my favorites. But that really kind of opened my eyes to okay, if you're a craft replace, you can do a lager and do it with flavor and do it great. Right. Because most of us are familiar. Most of us that are familiar with lagers traditionally know it as Budweiser. Right, exactly, and that's what you think of. And that's what you uh, it, think yeah. of. Yes. Uh, so, uh, what was interesting about this lager list from Wine Enthusiasts is I skimmed through the list, and I don't think I've had a single one of these. Wow! So that tells me. Well, but honestly, I spend more time drinking ales than lagers. So here's here's what I thought we'd do. I just share these beer names with you, and we can kind of keep our eye out for these in the future. Maybe we can try some of these because Wine Enthusiast says, "Hey, if we're going to list ten, these are the ten. Uh, so first on the list is New Realm United Craft Lager. New Realm. I'm not familiar with Mm-mm. that uh, at all. Yazoo Daddy O Pilsner. See, I love the name. The so name's awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. going for this already. Uh, shared by Side Project Brewing Content Moderator Lager. Okay, say that three more times. Shared by Side. I'm just going to do <laughs> one more. Shared by Side Project Brewing Content Moderator Lager. That's that's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. Rockwell Beer Company, Standby, Hoppy Pilsner. Uh, Trogs, that's T-R-O with the umlaut above it. Trogs, a Sunshine Pilsner. <clears throat> Main Beer Company's Black Barn Program Number 9. Ooh, that sounds mysterious. That does, doesn't it? <laughs> I want to try that just because of the name. Uh, Notch Zwickel Beer, that's Z-W-I-C-K-E-L. Zwickel beer. They say it's zippy and has a spicy pepper note that brings a little charm to each uh, sip. Uh, Three's Brewings, uh, V-L-I-E-T, Viet Pilsner? I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, Cerebral Brewing. V-L-I-E-T. V-L-I-E-T. 
Viet? Viet? Yeah, Viet. I don't know. Uh, And then uh, Cerebral Brewing International Waters Pilsner. That sounds smart. Yes. And finally, Jack Abbey Post Shift Pilsner. So the only one in there that, uh, and I'm never trying to log her, but you said Trogs. Is it Trogs? Trogs, Trogs. Is that out of Pennsylvania? Uh, um, I believe that is. They yes. have, we've had the Troganator on the show. Which oh, is a, we certainly have. Thank you. Which so is the Trogs. Right. And it, we've yeah. had, we've had uh, that one. I don't think I've had very many of their beers, but no, the, the Troganator's on And what this reminds me is how, how wide the beer world is, how yeah. much there is to continue to try. Well, here's a math question for you. This is 180 how many episodes now? 187? 187. And if we, thought, if we talk about this conservatively, we've done a minimum of three beers right. times 180. So we've tried a few beers in our time. Yes, we have. And trying and not, not to a be lot redundant. of repeats. Right. right. We've done a few, but not a lot. Yeah. Right. And that's that's a lot of beers, and there's still tons out there we haven't tried. And, and that's pa- exciting for me. Yeah, right. Part of what, yes, it's exciting for me too. Well, part of what we want to be able to do is at least taste some of these, let you know what we think, and that can maybe help you know whether you. Want to ever right, try so that way, so. if you see it, you can go, hmm. Oh, I remember they said this about it on the show, and those flavors sound good to me. This next beer is from Nola Brewing. Nola, of course, is in uh, New Orleans, and it is a um, it's a brewery I already have a lot of respect for. Actually, uh, Parish Brewing, which is in I think Broussard, Louisiana, is one of my all time favorite breweries breweries ever. And Nola has to be really high on my list as well. I just have huge respect for them. Uh, and we've tried a number of their other beers that have been really good. This one is an IPA. And Ian, maybe once you do the pour, maybe show that. I, I'm trying to figure out whether the label on this looks like they didn't finish it to me. Or maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe that's the, just it. The name of the beer is We Are Liquid, the We Are Liquid IPA. And what they seem to be going for on the um, can is maybe a sort of a wet look, you know? But yeah, but if you see the, the lettering, bubbles. the lettering where it says We Are Liquid looks a bit blurry. I don't know if that's by design. I guess it is. Maybe. I was really worried when I tried this that it's going to be limited and that I won't be able to continue to buy it for the rest of my life. It says, oh, it smells great just yeah. from here. Like I can smell it. It says, mm-hmm. the chemistry of life is an aquatic chemistry. We can get by on land only by carrying a huge amount of salt and water around with us and a few beers. And a few beers. And a well, few beers. Ian, I can tell you right off the bat that this is so much citrus. Yeah, it says uh, Citra and Galaxy Hops, mm-hmm. Citra and Strata Hops. Mm-hmm. So uh, I see Galaxy says Strata. Jeez. Uh-huh. Where's my... Uh... Where, where's, your, where's your hop delineation? Um, it is so citrusy. And so, I mean, to me, this is a... this. They could write the book on how to do a hazy IPA or a juicy What's IPA. What's funny is it doesn't look it, but it feels so viscous in the mouth. Mm-hmm. It's, this has got a huge, huge mm-hmm. mouth feel to it. We are liquid. I I do not know if this is a limited release. I'll try to find that out before next week's show. This tastes like a, a so initial flavors like grapefruit, mm-hmm. orange, um, a little mango in there. Yeah, there's a tropical something going mm-hmm. on in there. Um, there's a a bunch of. It's really interesting because I almost want to say it's unbalanced because it really comes across at the very beginning. It really comes across at the very beginning of the sip. And it finishes like whoosh. Like it just kind of like when you swallow, you get this tropical, fruity, slightly bitter uh, aftertaste, bitter in a good way aftertaste. 
that leaves your mouth watering. Like, have you ever had that uh, that that sports gum that makes your mouth water? Yes, yes I know this what you're talking about. This is doing yeah. that to yeah, my palate yeah. after Absolutely, I yeah. after I take a sip. I would I would put this up there with what is probably my favorite um, hazy IPA, which is Ghost in the Machine. From Paris Brewery. That is an amazing IPA. This right here gave me a little bit of uh, palate shock when I took a sip. I wasn't expecting, like I kind of should have, because the smell of it. It smells very, very hoppy. It's got a little bit of uh, a little bit of pine cone resiny to it, but not enough to be uh, overwhelming. And it's mm-hmm. kind of a pleasant bitterness mm-hmm. on the end. Uh, but the more sips that I take of this, the more I really, really like it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you try it and you're like, hmm, interesting. And then the more I take sips of it, the more I like it. Well, if you are into hazy, juicy IPAs, I don't know if this is limited or not. If it is, it go is hazy. S- look at that. Go stock up on as much of it as you can buy. Fill your beer fridge uh, just in case because it's. And you know what? New Orleans as a city was really hit hard by the pandemic, and it would be great for if everybody that had access to be able to go buy this. And I did buy the uh, buy this in my local specs. Oh, nice. So it's available on the show. And this is uh, coming in at 6.7. Yeah, and it comes in four packs, but it's the tall 16-ounce uh, uh, can. I'm so. interested. You tried this before? I did. Did it work with a cigar? It did, as a Okay, because I can see this kind of working. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a little hard to judge with IPAs, how right. what they're going to do. Sometimes the more bitter, like I love Lagunitas IPA. But it does not go well with a cigar. Nope. It's uh, the bitter, the bitter of it, and the cigar just don't work well together. The hazies are more prone to. There's no guarantee, but they're right. more prone to go with a cigar. This one, I can tell you firsthand, goes very nicely. So, uh, with an AJ Fernandez, uh, um, uh, Bella Artez. Awesome. Yeah. Man, I'm, uh, a lot of people are off work today. I'm seeing a whole bunch of people that I don't see on here yeah. all that often, <laughs> and I just want to say hi to. Uh, to uh, Sam, to Nick, to Patrick, everybody on there, Steve. Uh, it's pretty cool seeing you guys on. Uh, it's awesome that any of you guys watch are party. spending time with us. We appreciate that. Uh, okay, in the next segment, we're going to shift our gears a little bit and talk tequila. Sammy Hagar and Guy Fieri, or Fieri, uh, I don't think he cares if you say his name that way um anyway no, wait a second. guy fieri is not he's not the chef right he's the uh no he is no, he's, he's, the, he's the roadside diners and yeah dives diners and guys yeah oh, right yeah yeah okay. yeah that's, and, and he's very sure. polarizing some people yes. love him think he's awesome some people like can't i love the drive-ins dives and diners or yeah, whatever it was called right. I, yeah. I like that show a lot I, I think i think that stuff's kind of fun and i think he doesn't pretend to be something he's not which is you know, I, I think well, that's he's doing cool. he he on that show did a lot like what we do. He just wants to tell you what the experience right, is, right? Right, you know? and, and he likes the idea of driving around the country and eating these foods. Well, that sounds pretty good to yeah, me. Yeah, that doesn't you know? sound bad. <laughs> that didn't sound bad. So anyway, he and Sammy have teamed up for this tequila. It's called Santo. I have not uh, even taken the cellophane off the top of this, so this will be a a first tasting. So we'll get to that in the next segment. Plus, uh, there's a new liquor.com list of eight. New tequilas you should be drinking. So we'll share that. Uh, I don't think this one's on it. Oh, wait. Yes, it is. So that that should make it interesting. Nice. So we'll look at that coming up in the next segment. Uh, we are smoking and toasting, and we're so glad to be back in the studio. We can barely stand it, and uh, we'll be right back.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is smoking a toast, and we are uh, back in the studio, socially distanced appropriately. But I'm digging that shirt, though. Thanks, man. Uh, that's, that's just so cool. I love it. Uh, welcome back to the uh, program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. This segment, we will be talking spirits. We're going to talk tequila, as a matter of fact. And uh, liquor.com, which I have talked about this website before. It's a great website because they've got, not only do they have like different drink recipes and stuff, they have great articles, great information okay. about craft beer and spirits and everything else. Let me adjust... You're uh, phrasing a little bit there. It's okay. a fun website. It is a fun website. You're absolutely right. So it's right. the kind of website where you go on there, and you're just going to be a while, because mm-hmm. you're going to poke That's around right. and find it, all kinds of it's stuff. Kinda like, remember when you first discovered YouTube, and then you'd wind up being like chasing down that YouTube dark oh, rabbit yeah, hole? Yeah. You know, yeah. It's kind of like that for people who, uh, who love spirits. So let me give you their eight new tequilas that you should try. Number eight is uh, one... I can't believe we haven't tried this, and I will be looking for this immediately so we can try it on the show because our adopted celebrity of this show, as you know if you've been listening to us for a while, is in fact Nick Jonas because he you know, took a lot of crap for smoking a cigar on the cover of Cigar Aficionado magazine, and, and he kind of like told him, yeah, whatever. Also, uh, Nick Jonas, grown man, leave him alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, not only is he a grown man, but he's gotten together with another grown man, fashion and menswear designer John Varvatos, and they've put out a tequila. It's called Villa One, or Via One, uh, and it is uh, a $45 bottle for the uh, Villa One Silver, and that comes in at number eight on Liquor.com's list of new tequilas that you should try. All right. So, all right. They say it's uh, uh, it might be tempting to write off uh, as just another celeb tequila. It sips light and clean with mellow hints of almond, coconut, and clove heat. So, sounds interesting. Uh, at number seven, they have Tanteo Blanco tequila. It is a $40 bottle. They say usually most brands start with unflavored spirits and work their way towards flavored expressions later. Tanteo rolled out of the gate several years ago with infused tequilas. In November, uh, they released uh, just a Blanco, just a regular tequila, a bottle at 85 proof, slightly floral, slightly sweet, spicy, and bright. But it's a, a slightly higher proofed tequila. Okay. So, uh, that's one you might want to try. Uh, number six on their list is the Santo Blanco, which Speaking we're about to try. Words, hold on. Uh, it's a collaboration. No sound. Uh, a collaboration between rock star Sammy Hagar. Try it again. It's a pretty quiet pop there, yeah, isn't it? It's not, it's not uh, popping loud. And TV food personality Guy Fieri and Sammy Hagar. It's described as an old world tequila designed to be light and sessionable. Um, of course, you know Sammy was behind Cabo Wabo, which now, is you now know, owned by Kim. Sammy was very early in the game mm-hmm. when it came to celebrity. Right, he um, he was before celebrities were really doing this type of thing. Yeah, very uh, very. Sammy what, was what very year much was into that. It. Do you oh, remember? It, it was, no, it was well before I had developed, you know, any kind of a repertoire of having sampled tequilas. In fact, I remember. I tried some, uh, obviously, the Cuervo stuff and then the Patron stuff. And I want to say Cabo might have been the third brand of tequila I ever tried. Yeah, and he did you know? a great job with that. So He really did. It's, it's really interesting because you talk about celebrity brands, and sometimes they just fall, like, real. Yeah. But he's done great with it. Yeah, them. yeah. So we'll see how this Santo goes. I'll finish this list for you. Patron has an extra Añejo 10 Años. It's a three hundred and forty nine dollar bottle Ooh. of tequila, so you got to go some to get 
a bottle of tequila that expensive. Uh, but it's their oldest tequila to date. Uh, it's a limited edition expression, and it was aged for 10 years in a blend of used American oak and American uh, hybrid American and French limousine oak barrels. Extra aged, ultra premium tequila, uh, they say aimed to lure cognac and whiskey fans. So uh, at number four, the Partita Single Barrel Reserve. I've had Partita uh, tequila before, but I've not had the Single Barrel Reserve. It's a $55, Euro, uh, $55 bottle, and it was launched in January of this year. At number three, the Grand Centenario Leyenda. Uh, we've had Centenario tequila on yes, the show yes. before and liked it very much. This is a $150 bottle, which was previously only available in Mexico. It's an ultra-premium extra añejo, and it's a four-year-old tequila at the core married with a smaller amount of reserves that were aged for up to 15 years. Uh, that's number three. Number two, the El Tesoro uh, extra añejo. Uh, we've had El Tesoro also on the show, liked it very much, have not had their extra añejo. It's a $100 bottle, so there you go. And finally, uh, their number one is a $40 bottle. It's the Cazadores Añejo Cristalino. Really? And they say about it, um, uh, among the growing number of Cristalino tequilas, which is aged tequilas with, that have had the color filtered out, uh, this one starts as an extra Añejo, and then it's aged in oak for more than uh, for more than two years. This gives the finished spirit robust flavor, still clear in the glass, but in place of Blanco's brisk citrusy bite, it's tinged with mellow almond and vanilla notes. So their number one on the list at $40 beats out a 100 a 150 a $55 and a $349 wow. of tequila. This bottle of Blanco is about a $40 bottle. So have you done any research? I haven't uh, yet. I just want to talk about a couple quick things, though. First off, it is crystal clear. Yes, it is. It is beautiful in the glass, and then it just is crystal clear. But also the room right now smells like toasted coconut and vanilla. Well, you're so right. With a little agave. Like, I haven't even put this right up to my nose yet. It just makes the room smell like well, that. Well, you're going to get those flavors, I promise you, when you uh, take your first taste. Oh, right up by the nose, it, it it's just even more intense. Yeah, it really is. Oh, yeah, it doesn't disappoint. Coconut. The vanilla finish Vanilla on it. marshmallow mm. and then agave. agave like agave. marshmallow, but a little bit of a, like a caramelized or a burnt marshmallow mm-hmm. kind of thing going on. It's really nice. And the agave makes it buttery smooth like there's a very buttery smoothness to this i've got to say for a blanco tequila yeah because blanco is not aged uh as long as a reposado or a uh or an añejo this is incredibly smooth yeah blanco's only up to what is it like it's it's it's, it's, it's the lowest new, designation right. right it's almost new right uh it's probably been a matter of months i think uh if it's a blanco but well I'll even in tequila though um uh, even a tequila, like longer aged tequila, is really not that long. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and Añejo is well, is a year or right. right. We've talked about extra right. Añejo on this list that say it was aged for three years. Yeah. So if you're a a whiskey and you're only aged for three years, it's considered a very young whiskey. So, uh, but tequila doesn't age as long, and if it does, that's one of the reasons, by the way, that. Tequila has a tendency to be a little less expensive because it's not sitting in a warehouse uh, or an aging room right, for as long a, a time, time as, right. as uh, whiskey or some others will do. Uh, Ian, this is delicious. I mean, I am very pleasantly surprised. Now, I'll say Cabo Wabo is a great tequila. I haven't had any Cabo in some time. I don't know whether they've uh, kept the quality of it as uh, up. I no. hope that they have. But um, for Sammy and guys... Uh, creation here this is fantastic this is uh so interesting too because you get all those flavors that burnt marshmallow and 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 roasted coconut like 
what an interesting thing. And then the vanilla. And then it comes back with this slight amount of heat mm-hmm. and a really, really nice um, uh, 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 minerally kind of bitter to yes. the end of the flavor that I really like that finishes it off. I have to be honest with you. I was I was prepared because I knew this was a Blanco. I was prepared to say, all right, this is going to be all about the agave flavor. We'll just see how good of a job they do of making that really, you know, really crafty and tasty. I had I was not prepared for the amount of other flavors here. The pepper in here is so light too. That was yes. the other thing. Well, you notice this is the first mention of pepper yes. so far, and it's after you have a few sips and you just think about it for a minute. And a lot of times, lesser aged tequilas, or sometimes even even more aged tequilas, uh, will be very peppery. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, uh, but it can have a tendency to dominate. It doesn't and have much of case, a pepper it, note either. Yeah, it doesn't really dominate at all. But there's just a little bit, and it's it, this is this is good. How much was the bottle? Forty bucks. Yeah, this is this is a definitely a good forty dollar buy. Although I have to tell you, you're a brave man to buy a blanco at forty dollars. You know, it's I, I probably, to be totally honest with you, wouldn't have considered doing that if it wasn't the Sammy Hagar connection. Yeah. If it was just Santa Tequila and I didn't know anything else about it, or it hadn't been recommended to me specifically, I probably would say, yeah, forty for a blanco is a little steep. I'll spend that forty on an añejo over here from another, uh, from another. But the, I, I thought about it though as I was buying it. I thought, well, you know what? They if they're going to charge forty for it, there must be a reason they think they can get that. Because, other than the name, other than the name, right? Because if we try it because it's Sammy Hagar's tequila and it's not worth forty dollars, we're not buying anymore, right? Right. So you get the one sampling and that's it. So they must feel like they've got something here that's worthwhile. So that was the first thing that made me feel a little better about it. But also, uh, like tequila prices, and this is true with rum too, they vary so wildly. Yeah. We um, we had a tequila on uh, recently that it was an extra añejo, and it was like. Thirty something dollars, yep. like that's crazy, and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the, so many of the extras that I buy um, are much more expensive than that. So um, you know, I was when I bought this, I passed right by the Skelly, one of my favorite uh, yeah. uh, tequilas uh, ever. A bottle of the Skelly Añejo, not even extra. A bottle of the Skelly Añejo is now priced at like fifty five to fifty eight dollars, depending where you're where you're buying it, and worth every penny. A- absolutely, but. This is pretty darn good yeah. at ten bucks less, and it hasn't aged nearly as long. Uh, you know, and I got to this is brand new. You said right? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's it's brand new to me. I don't recall seeing it on the shelves, but I I think it's only been out for a short time. Let's say. Uh, this is the true agave flavors of Santo Tequila Blanco. Those uh, of classic old world style tequila embrace a smooth finish and rich aroma that elevate this handcrafted one hundred percent blue Weber agave. Blanco to a higher spirit. I will say uh, a couple things about it. Uh, it. It's new enough that it was described as new on this uh, on this uh, list. Right, right. And that uh, list just came out. That, that I, just came out. And I can't wait to see what they do with something like this in an aged tequila. Can you imagine that yeah. having a little bit of barrel aging well, on it? Uh, th- folks, this is not a, a salt and lime shoot him uh, no, 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 at no. the bar tequila. This is a sipping tequila yeah. as a Blanco, no. and that's pretty impressive. No, no, do not slaughter any salts or limes with this. This is It reminds me of one of my favorite Blancos that I've ever had prior to this was the Siempre Azul 
their Blanco mm -hmm. worked totally as a sipping tequila. And to be honest, I didn't necessarily like their Reposado and Añejo that much better. Like the Blanco was just so good. And this is, but this is not just all agave, uh, grab a lime and a, and a shaker of salt type tequila. Well, I'm caught with my own uh, 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 prejudice, preconception prejudice on this that a white tequila or a Blanco tequila mm -hmm. at $40 is a little steep for me. And, um, mm -hmm. and I would think, eh. I would almost always just buy something aged already, but this is really, really... I bet this makes an amazing mixed drink, too. Oh, I bet it does. And I bet I that's bet one of the things they were thinking about. Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot, of, uh, a lot of new tequilas will come out with their Blanco first, mm -hmm. and then as they have a chance to age some more, right. they'll put out a Reposado and, and ultimately uh, some more aged tequilas. But, well, with the Blanco, they've got a hit on their well, hands. Well, these guys are coming out strong right away. Yeah, so with his, with his history with Cabo Wabo being uh, a good tequila... Uh, and then this, and I think that they are, these guys are coming out really strong. Wow, I'm so excited! This is a this is a an extremely pleasant surprise. And I often, Ian, when I bring a tequila on the show, I've popped the top on it and sampled it before I bring it in. I've noticed. In this case, that's that's not the case. <laughs> and uh, so this is my first tasting, and honestly, I'm very impressed. Very impressed. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back for our final segment. In that final segment, we can just. Refer to it as Ian time because we're going to be tasting a uh, a beer that is so right up Ian's alley. Well, it's Gigantic Brewing's massive barley wine. Oh, I'm it's down the for 2019 that. barley wine. So that's coming up. We'll be right back with more. It's smoking and toasting number one eight seven. Back at Smoking and Toasting. We are so glad to have you on board here as we, uh, uh, well, I have to say, after the IPA, <laughs> excuse me, That's I'm so it. sorry to do that. Um, uh, after the IPA and now some of that tequila, and I drank all of the tequila that you poured for me, uh, I'm, you know, starting to feel, you know, that wonderful place where you're like, okay, I'm starting to feel good and let's have another drink. And that makes it a perfect time for drinking news. Drinking news. Talk yeah. to me. Drinking news. What's is our, new in the news? Yeah. It's our segment on the show where we bring you a show that may or may not have anything to do with drinking, uh, but is enjoyable to uh, to hear about yeah. while you're drinking. And I, conversation I, starters. I, think I need you to come up with a uh, a theme for drinking news, like a theme song. Okay. Can you come up Challenge with a drinking accepted. news theme song? Yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, in this week's drinking news, two young men. Stole alcohol from a Virginia convenience store, according to police, who apprehended one of the masked bandits. They were wearing hollowed-out watermelon rinds on their heads. I think we have a picture that Adam can uh, uh, can put up here. Oh, mercy. <laughs> hey, so you know what, though? At least they're wearing masks, yeah. right? And we're supposed to be wearing right, masks. We're supposed to be wearing masks, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, cops said that the duo earlier this month swiped booze from a Sheets convenience store in Louisa, which is a town about 30 miles east of Charlottesville. Uh, as recorded in the surveillance footage, these melon-headed perps had cut eye holes, as you can see, into the watermelon rinds. And... Uh, they even had posed for a photograph at a Food Lion store in Louisa prior to staging oh, their heist. That's a good idea. Yeah, police have charged them with larceny, underage possession of alcohol, wearing a mask while committing a larceny, 
And I think something to do with abuse of a watermelon, but I'm not sure exactly. What, <laughs> I don't know if that one will stick in court. So uh, anyway, had to share that with you. That's uh, that's amazing. Well, that's that's a new thing for where you can stick your head. It was really it was really a, a, a just an excuse to show those photos. I think. Uh, yeah. I, well, that's, I had, there's hey, your drinking news. You know, hey, at least nowadays, you know, you're required to wear a mask in a lot of places. Right. So it's interesting that they got charged for wearing a mask while committing a larceny. Because they would have gotten charged for not wearing a mask in right. a public place. See, see there you go. So, so uh, that's kind of a catch-22. Catch-22. Well, next time you're in a watermelon field and you realize you left home without your uh, protective mask. Maybe you, you the watermelon does something nice to your hair. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I kind of doubt it. <laughs> seems like a seedy kind uh, of a like mask. like a seedy kind of a situation, yes. <laughs> All right. With that uh, terrible pun, we will move on to some barley wine. Ian, what was sitting atop Mr. Twirly Gig that you've just removed there? This is the gigantic, massive yeah. 2019 barrel-aged barley wine. Now, this, this, has, <laughs> this has, I think it's a goat on the front, but yeah. it it's very apex predator looking because it has like rows of sharp, fangy teeth on it. It's a uh, uh, Josh. You're gonna wish you'd seen this one because it's kind of funny. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's it. Let's see. In making massive bourbon barrel aged, we used only Skagit Pilot Pale Malt and boiled for eight hours, giving the beer a deep ruby color and a rich malt flavor. We then aged. Massive in bourbon barrels. Enjoy uh, the richness and intensity now, or after years and years and years of aging. So apparently, you're allowed to. Uh, or apparently, they're saying that this is going to be really, really good aged. Yeah. Now years. it's it's the 2019, so it's not that old. But to be honest, I didn't have the patience. All right. So oh, here we go. Smells barley wonderful. wine. I, I will uh, also note, you know, Ian, we've talked about this a bit on the show that some barley wines are labeled as barley wines. While other others are labeled as barley wine style ales, yes, and uh, those have a tendency, at least in our experience, to be more carbonated. Now, is that coincidence, or are are we dealing with two actual separate things? That here? I couldn't tell you. I think that uh, I think that if you're doing a barley wine style ale, it means you you've changed some things. Like this does not have a lot of uh, carbonation to it at all. This no. looks very much like a barley wine, which is. Uh, lighter on the brown side and a little muddy looking. Yeah, That's... it sort of looks the same color as the dates and raisins that right, it smells of. Right, you know? so people think barley wine, because it's a big heavy beer, is going to be real dark. It's actually not usually that dark. It's mm -hmm. it's just, it's brown. A porter is usually darker than yeah, this. Yeah, a porter and a stouts are definitely on the darker side of this. These usually have a little amber to the color, and you will not be able to see through it, so... Uh, that's it. What are you tasting on it? Uh, I am getting, you know, what you would expect: dates, date, and raisin. Right raisin off the right off, uh, right off the bat. But there's also some cinnamon spice, in there. Spice, yeah, yeah, and some. Uh, I'll use the word baking spice for lack of an ability to maybe narrow that down anymore. But a sort of a yeasty baking spice uh, flavor to it. Uh, but the predominant flavor is the sort of uh, dankness of the uh, of the dark. Dark dried fruits. The dark dried fruit flavor in here is so huge, but there's a finish that is malty, like heavy malty chocolate. So, have you ever had a really good fruitcake? Because most fruitcakes are not very good. I don't think I've ever had a real good one. Okay, so there is such a thing as like, like if someone fresh bakes a fruitcake, 
Um, I didn't know fruitcakes were ever fresh baked. No, I thought usually, the only fruitcakes in existence have all been made and have just been passed around for the last like hundred well, years. Well, that's that's largely true. Most of the time, when you encounter a fruitcake, <laughs> it may have been used as someone's doorstop for like, the last like for the last several years, and then I've, they decided to I've give it as met a, a few gift. fruitcakes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but if you ever get a, a, a opportunity to take a taste a fresh baked fruitcake. That is kind of what this reminds me of. It's got those fruit flavors, but instead of tasting kind of dingy and old, they taste fresh and alive and exciting. This is so interesting because after you finish, uh, after you finish and you swallow and it's past your palate, it comes back with a little bit of a hoppiness. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> Which I know in some of the barley wine style ales we've tried. The hoppiness has really kind of turned you off to them a little well, bit. Well, when it's real hoppy, and a lot of American-style barley wines tend to be hoppy on the end, and to me it's just not a good flavor on this. This has a little kiss of that hoppiness on the end, which I, I feel like this might be a barley wine that I maybe wouldn't have liked before it hit the barrel because it mm. probably would have been too hoppy, but I feel like that barrel has tempered this down a little bit. Very interesting. And it's really good, and you get a lot of the bourbon flavors mm-hmm. in the uh, in the aftertaste with that as well, including a, a, that char from the bourbon barrel, you can right. you can really kind of taste that, and it adds a uh, an astringency to the end of the palate on there as well. That's really interesting. Okay. Yeah, this is delicious. I could keep drinking this. If you look close, you'll see a lot of floaties in there too. Mm-hmm. I did actually notice that earlier. Uh, it is quite good. I'm for it. Uh, this is uh, I would I would buy this I would buy mm-hmm. this again and again. Well, this is a great brewery. I mean, these guys have got a really great reputation. Yep. There are a number of really well well respected breweries in uh, the Portland, Oregon area, and Gigantic is certainly one of those. Um, this uh, this uh, barley wine is actually working for you though at fourteen percent. Holy moly! So <laughs> it's funny because it's a, it doesn't taste super boozy either. It's a good thing that that's not one of those big bomber sized bottles because that one's a little smaller. <laughs> uh, but if it were, wow! Uh, after the tequila and now that that would be something. Well, I went late on the tequila because I knew there was barley wine coming. <laughs> barley wine doesn't come in on the lighter side. This is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, this is from Portland, Oregon. Uh, absolutely fantastic beer. Yep, I really absolutely. like it. Absolutely. Very aggressive label on it. Mm-hmm. So beer number 103, I don't know what that means, but that's kind of fun. Mm, well, it's delicious. It really is delicious. And, and uh, you know, you are more of a fan of barley wine than I am, but I've certainly had enough of them even just doing the show this has, this has to really a, appreciate, I think, the better ones, and I would put this in that I feel category. like this started off as a much hoppier thing before they put it in the um, in the barrel and then it mellowed and it out because it's got some of the hop flavor in there that the American barley wines have, but... It's tempered to the point where it makes sense to my palate as a barley wine. Well, I, I'm I'm kind of digging it, to be totally honest with you. I'm kind of digging it. Oh man, yeah, I'm just going to drink the rest of it. Uh, you, that you, you know what that. the raisiny, datey kind of flavor with the chocolatey, mm. malty finish. Yeah, and then the and then the barrel, the char from the barrel and all. Yeah. This is so nice. It's Good like stuff. this whole ride all the way across the palate. Good stuff. I love yeah. it. Well, uh, Ian, that, uh, that is a good way, I think, to bring our show to an end today. The uh, barley wine is, well, it's just, it's big. It's big. Like, you, you mentioned the ABV, and sweet. I wouldn't have guessed that, but I kind of get it now. Yeah. Like, you can, you can get a sense of how big 
yeah. the barley wine is. So, all right, we still didn't get to the favorite styles of uh, of craft beer. We'll throw that into next week's show since we've already punted it twice, uh, and uh, and I'll, we'll have something forward to look uh, something to look forward to uh, for next week. It's great to be back in the studio with you again. It's great to see you and Adam on the wheels of steel and uh, uh, feel some sense of normalcy returning uh, to the show, even if you are a little further away from me than I'm used to. Socially distanced high five. I can handle it. High five and a socially distanced. Uh, uh, cheers to end the show. Cheers to you. Have uh, have a great week, everybody. Clink. Uh, thank you for checking out Smoking and Toasting, and cheers.